Screens. Week two of the series, Screens. You know, last week we kind of started out and we were looking at how as humans we've been made for community. And all the way back at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2, it, it talked about how God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. So, so we know that we should be in some type of community or we should be around other people. And there's that hole in our heart that calls us to, to be with other people. You know, and, and we talked about that warning in the book of Hebrews about self-isolation. And we talked about how in today's time, so many people isolate themselves and, and the amount of people who are just in depression, anxiety, and everything going on because of self-isolation. And even he, the book of Hebrews reminded us that we should not forsake meeting together, that we should be together. And it's interesting in these times, and best, really the last year and a half, you think about it, with COVID and the Delta variant, how people have started isolating even more. And now I understand, you know, and don't browbeat me, don't jump on me, but, but yes, I understand there are times when we've needed to isolate. We've needed to help get the curve, you know, eliminate, the, eliminate try to eliminate it by social distancing, doing all these different things. And I totally understand it. And there are people from this church who right now are at home because of other health issues, and I praise them for that because we've got to take care of ourselves. Whether you believe in the Delta variant, whether you believe in COVID or not, it's still how we show love for one another. We can show love for one another by being supportive of one another. And I totally understand that, and I know there are people who generally are not meeting together because of underlying health issues. Praise God for that. We've got to take care of ourselves first. However, then there's others who are self-isolating and not coming to church, but yet they'll go to the grocery store or they'll go to restaurants out to eat, but they won't come to church and they're using COVID or Delta variant as an excuse. And that is where the problem lies. We need to not isolate ourselves because when we isolate ourselves, it, it affects our relationship with Christ and it reflects on our relationship with other people. You know, we need to do what's smart, we need to do what's right, but at the same time, we need to not forsake meeting together. You know, we also talked last week about loving others the way Jesus loved us. You know, and remember, Jesus raised the bar. Back in Leviticus, it said, love, love one another as you love yourself. And as I said last week, a lot of us don't love ourselves, so how are we going to love somebody else if we don't love ourselves? And then Jesus raised the bar and said, no, no, no. I want you to love others the same way that I loved you. The same way that I showed love for you is how I want you to love other people. And when he told this to his disciples and also to us, we know it raised the bar. It, it raised the bar from where it was. And I think this week, we're going to see that bar raised even a little higher. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, and, and as we look at this, we're going to see that John really don't mince his words on what love is and what we're called to do. And so as we continue to look at, at screens in our lives, hopefully it's going to open our eyes to not only the way that we treat other people, but also the way we may be treating people online or through other use of technologies and screens. 
So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. And yes, it's a lot. But we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. Or like some of you, you can use technology and you can break out your smartphone or your iPad or whatever and go ahead and pull up the Bible right there. Um, also, if you don't want to look at it on your personal screen and you don't want to look at it in the Bible, it will be up here on the screen next to me. And hey, if you're watching online, just a reminder, you know, we appreciate you guys being here with us, joining us online, but don't let this replace you being connected to a local church. It doesn't have to be here. Just get connected to a local church somewhere where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with others, because that's truly what it's about. You know, like I've said many times, it's not about us. Get connected with the church. Hey, we'd love for you to join us, but if you connect someplace else, that's fine too. Just work on your relationship with others and with Jesus. And with that being said, let's go ahead and dig into God's word. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into this world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God, and if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And no one who remains in love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother and sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him. The one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, Lord, may you open up our hearts to receive what it is you have us to receive. Open our ears so that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may my words be yours and may you be glorified. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so we see in this passage, like I said, John doesn't mince his words. 
John does not mince his words whatsoever, and, and he reminds us as the reader that we should live in God's love. We should live in God's love and that we should love others accordingly. And you think about it, there was a lot of scripture there, but just to real quick break it down, it kind of went like this, that we should love one another because love is from God. So we should love each other because love is from God. To not love others is an indicator that we don't love God or that we're not from God because God is love. Love is what motivated Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for us. It's all because of love. His love for us should motivate us to love one another. You also think by loving one another, we exhibit God to the world around us, and it is evidence of how costly we abide, of how closely we abide in God. Verse 18 told us there's no fear in love. There is no fear in love because love overcomes fear. And that's something we really need to take to heart. It also said we were moved to love others because God loved us first, which praise God that he loved us first. He loved us in, in despite of who we are and what we were doing. He still loved us. Verse 20 told us, but we lie to ourselves if we say that we love God and we don't love our brothers and sisters. And of course, verse 21, loving our neighbor is not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. And that's what we're called to see. That's what we're called to do. So you see, the scripture brings us back to the root, the root of, of our complicated relationship with screens, with that complicated relationship with, with technology. And, and as believers, if, if we can abide in Christ, you know, we're to be rooted in his love. We're, we're to be rooted in his love and we should express his love to others. And it should be evident by the love that we show and by the fruit that we bear when we go through this life. But however, when we distance ourselves, if we distance ourselves from God and we distance ourselves from Jesus, are we really going to show love? And are we going to show love to other people? You know, and for the most part, you think about this. For most of us, we carry all the good and bad of the world right in our back pockets right in our pockets. Now you think about this, you know, this high-tech technology we have. You realize this phone processes things quicker than the original computers used by NASA to send the first astronauts into space? Right here in your pocket, you have more technology than they had back in the 60s. We carry it in our pocket every day. We have access to everything at the touch of a finger. We can access anything we want to access. And, and, and unfortunately, it's become a way of life. It's become a way of life for a lot of us. You know, as we sit there and we look to technology or we get so consumed into the screens that we look at, you know, we, we just get consumed with it. And what we, you know, we, we'll look at, oh, well, you know, I've got, I've got to post something on Facebook. I've got to do something. I've got to sit there and look at this. And how many times you sat someplace just looking, and then all of a sudden your legs like fell asleep on you? And you're like, oh, man. You know, now you're trying to get your circulation going back in your leg. And you've wasted so much time looking at something on Facebook. And, and what we got to understand is as we're putting stuff out there, the words that we say or maybe the pictures that we may post on social media, reflect who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of you may have never thought about that, 
but it reflects actually how you are and how you're loving one another by what you post or what you say. And I think a lot of times we take that for granted when we go to put something out there on, on social media. And, and too often we forget that there's a real person on the other side of that keyboard or on the other side of that screen. Because of the fact that we don't see the person, we can't, re, you know, maybe they're not face to face or it's someone you don't even know who may be able to see it. We don't think about the person on the other side. So yet the words that we say or what we may post or what we may send in an email, whatever it may be, could be very harmful to whoever's receiving it on the other end. But we've got to understand that that person on the other end is still our brother and sister. And we are to love them the way that God loved us. And I think we forget that so often. We forget that because it's just so easy to get on that keyboard and start typing. And some of us are really good with our thumbs and can do it real quick. You know, I'm a hunter and pecker. I got to hunt and look for where the letters are at. And, and you know that old, you know, autocorrect? Yeah, it don't work. You know, sends messages. All of a sudden I'm like, what in the world is that? Don't even know what it sent out. And, and understand, you know, for adults, a screenshot that we may send from a private Facebook page to one of our employers or employees could cost you your job. It happens all the time. So you really got to think about what you're doing. And, and <clears throat> one of the other things that really gets me is people that you think you know, you really think you know someone until you see what they post on Facebook or Instagram, especially when they make comments. And you really start wondering, well, do I know this person? And they're not the person I thought they were. And then you start really questioning, do they really know Jesus? And it's a shame that when you see people within a church will actually say, I am getting off of social media because of all the hate and it's coming from members in my church. That should be a wake up call to anybody. It should make you go back and look and say, is what I'm posting on social media if I go through my timeline, would I be inspired? As a Christ follower, would I be inspired by the things that I have written and the things that I have said? And if I can't go through and say I'm inspired by what I've written and what I've said, I'm putting the wrong stuff out there. I'm putting the wrong things out there as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you think about it, you might say, well, you know, that's okay. The person on the other side don't know me. Christ knows them. And if you're a Christ follower, you should be loving them. And see, unfortunately, I think way too many times we get caught up and, and we forget what James said in James 1.19, to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because, man, some of us just fire it out there really quick. And people of all ages, including adults, use Facebook and other uh, platforms to do nothing but bully people bully people, or vent about a, a certain person, maybe a politician, an organization, or a business, they will get on there and literally rant about it for days and hours and not think about the consequences of the people on the other side. You know, I've actually witnessed friendships get dissolved because of Facebook, because of comments on a Facebook account. I've watched families just keep, become paralyzed 
because of the difference in what people say and what they do using screens inside their everyday life. And people that are attacked over a battle of words, simple words, and it becomes this fierce battle inside people's lives. And people just get so upset. And a lot of times it's just a simple disagreement. It's just a simple disagreement that absolutely meant nothing at all. And we'll get so fired up about it. And, and you see, when we, we're not used appropriately or when we don't think through what we're sharing or what we're posting or what we're emailing or what even about what we're going to say over a phone, a lot of harm can be done to another person and also to yourself because words matter. Once they come out, you can never take them back. Once you hit send... Now, you can try and recall it, but just from personal experience, anytime anyone's ever tried to recall an email from me, I still read it. <laughs> I still read it, even though they've recalled it, so I know what they said anyways. And then they'll, oh, but I recalled that message. Well, that's okay. It still hit my inbox, which meant it was mine. And we forget about that. In words, you can never take them back. And, it's, and we got to understand that our words matter, especially in today's time. Our hypersensitive, because man, we live in a hypersensitive era, don't we? Hypersensitive, it's polarized. Everyone can have an opinion, but don't respect someone for their opinion if it's not the same as yours. Isn't that crazy? Y'all can have an opinion, but if it don't line up with mine, your opinion don't matter. But you can have your opinion. People will literally fight and argue over this. And I'm talking Christians will fight and argue over someone's opinion. Which makes zero sense. Hey, you know what? We have different opinions. Cool. Okay. Guess what? We can move on. There are many other things we can talk about. There are many other things we can do. Hey, you know what? Let's just pick up God's word and dig in and see what it has to say. Because all of us have opinions, and they all stink. Just so you know, we all have opinions, and they all stink, you know? And, and understand that our highest calling as Christians is to love all people, just as God loved us. That's what our calling is. We're called to love people, and our highest calling is to follow the example of Jesus. Think about that. Would Jesus be happy with what you may post online or what you may say? You remember, the old, what would Jesus do? Well, what would he do if he looked at your feed to see what you've posted? What would he do if he went back and looked at your emails or looked at your text messages or looked at your browser history on the internet? What would Jesus do in a case like that? Would it truly honor him? And are you raising the standard of life by what you're projecting onto a screen to other people? Or is it dishonoring to him? And it's something we need to think about. And I'd like to caution you that, that what, you know, before you share an image or before you share a meme, you know, there, there, there's certain things that sometimes we may, they're out there and they're just derogatory. They're derogatory towards a person, a group of people or an, or an organization. And we'll sit there and we'll like them and we'll share them. And, and, and yes, I will tell you, even if you don't agree with what it happens to be, you have a choice. You have a choice. Even if you don't agree with it, guess what? 
you don't have to reply to it. It's that simple. Following Jesus, doing what Jesus calls us to, even if, hey, you know what, I, I don't agree with this, I've got a choice, I'm going to show the love of Christ in it. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't stand up for things that are wrong. You know, if we see something that's wrong, if we see someone who's being badgered or we see something, we as Christians should stand in that gap and say, hey, wait a minute, and show that love that Christ showed us. We should stand in that gap for people who may be marginalized. We should stand in the gap for those who, who may just have some problems and, and we need to be there for them to show that love. Now, if it's something we don't agree about, then we just simply, we can, hey, we don't agree with this and point them towards scripture, but it's not about your own personal opinion or your own personal words. It's about trying to build it up in a situation. You know, understand that being a Christian uh, means we should be rising up to that new and higher standard. And that's what we're called to do. We should take the high ground in everything. And if we truly want to love our neighbor, we need to consider that our neighbor is still our neighbor, even when they're on the other side of a keyboard. They're still our neighbor. And too many times we forget that. You know, today's scripture says, if we remain in God's love and God is manifested in the world through our love for one another, that should also be relevant in anything that flows from our keyboards or on our screens. Think about that. If he is manifest through us, then it should show through our keyboards and our screens what we post, what we email, what we may say to someone over a phone. It should be manifest in all of that. And a lot of times we get so caught up in it. You know, it's interesting. Last week I even said that, you know, I play online games. I play Xbox. I play Call of Duty. So, yes, I, I play war games. That's what I do. Believe it or not, it is, it is my relief. It's just a way for me to just relax and, hey, I get shot, I come right back to life, you know? But, but what's interesting is my gamer name, my gamer tag is Ephesians 4.29. So it is scripture. And Ephesians 4.29 actually says this, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You see, this is a reminder to me when I'm online playing. And it's funny because I've had people ask me about it and I'll tell them what it is. And then I tell them what the black ops version is, don't talk smack. Because that's basically what it is. Don't talk smack. Don't let the words that come out of your mouth, if they're not going to build up someone, don't let them come out of your mouth. And it's a reminder to me as I'm playing this game because trust me, when I'm playing this game, the, the, what I hear through my headset, what people say, I could very easily just go off. Marine Ken could come out and I could tell them words they've probably never heard. But I don't because I remember my name on there is Ephesians 4.29. Any words I say should be building up those around me. And it's interesting because I have had a lot of great conversations and I've had people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ while talking to them through a headset on the Xbox, playing a video game where we're shooting people and they've accepted Jesus Christ. 
to the point that one of them even asked me to go out to Texas and redo the vows of him and his wife. They wanted to redo their wedding vows. And they asked me, hey, can you come out to Texas? Or next time I'm coming out to Texas to see the grandkids or my sister, let them know so I could renew their vows. Now on the flip side of it, because it's Ephesians 4.29, there's some conversations that come and some messages that come through my inbox. And it gets even more interesting when my son's playing online with me because his gamer tag is Proverbs 19.11. So now they see these scripture names inside their feed, you know, and then they start really to, oh, you bunch of Christians, and then just going off. And it's a constant reminder that I don't need to go off back. I can just show the love of Christ in everything that we do. And, and, it, and it really makes me think of how should I respond? And, you know, I think all of us have had the same thing. We got to ask ourselves, how do we respond to this? What, what should I do? And I guarantee all of you have asked these, these questions at one time or another. Do I respond or not? I'm sure all of us have asked that. Man, do I need to respond to this? Do I or don't I? Do I post this or do I not post this? Do I comment or do I stay silent? Do I send this text message or email or not? Should I do it or should I not? Do I share this over the phone or not? And these are all questions we probably asked at some time or another. You know, the old adage, your mom, hey, if you get upset, count to 10. Well, sometimes you got to count to 20 or 30. But then if you take the time and you answer these questions, do I? Do I do this or do I do that? And a long time ago, I actually learned something and I wanted to share with you today. And basically how to test the answer to these do I questions. Do I do this? Well, you kind of answer them questions of do I? by asking yourself these questions. And the first question would be, will it ultimately do harm or will it do good? So do I do this? Well, before I do this, let me ask myself this question. Will it ultimately do harm or will it do good? And then I ask the question, what is my reason? What's the motive behind me wanting to say this? So I've got to answer this hard question. What's the reason or what is the motive? And then, of course, my favorite is, is it true? Do I do this because is it true? Because we know right now, any one of us can say, this is what I believe, and we can go on the internet and we can find something to support what we believe. Whether it's truth or a lie, we can find something that supports our own personal belief. It's that simple. And we all know that all that unvetted information out there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is so absolutely true that we can just go ahead and share it because it's on Facebook, so it's true. You know, I think it's interesting. People that I went to school with who I know like failed math are now all of a sudden doctors on Facebook or they're engineers, and I'm kind of like, wait a minute, I remember you took like pre-algebra in your senior year of high school, and you got like a D. And I look at your, your Facebook, and you didn't go to college, but now you have a medical degree, or you've got this degree. So ultimately, you know, we, you got to really ask that question, is it true? And ultimately, the very final one that I think weighs more than any of it, does this advance or hinder 
the kingdom of God. So now before you do it, you ask that question and you can go ahead and ask all four. Will it ultimately do harm or will it do good? And you can kind of say, oh, well, I think it'll do good because I agree with this. So then you go, well, what's my reason or what's my motive? Because I'm right. So I can still give me, is it true? Well, it says it's true on Facebook, so it must be. But that last one, does this advance or hinder the kingdom of God? That one's big. That's a big one right there when you got to answer that question before you decide, do I post this or do I say this? Is this going to advance or is it going to hinder the kingdom of God? How is it going to reflect poorly on the kingdom of God? Can this actually hinder, hinder Jesus' mission in this world or what he planned on using me for? Because ultimately, if he was going to use me for something and I posted something that was derogatory or I said something to someone that was derogatory, are they going to listen to what I got to say? Probably not. So it could actually hinder what Jesus planned to use me for, and then he's going to have to find someone else to use it. And you think about this, especially for all those non-Christians out there who are watching your every move and stalking your Facebook page or your Twitter page. And if you don't think so, just so you know, here's a news flash, they are. They're watching to see how you react and what you do. So we need to make sure we're always showing God's love through it. So asking that question with this post, with this text message, will it do harm or will it do good? Start asking them questions. Start asking them questions because believe it or not, I've found myself different times where I've asked them questions and I've decided not to post it on Facebook. And what is also interesting is even going through like a Facebook tweet or a Facebook feed or a Twitter feed or anything like that, and I'll, <laughs> I'll come across something and, and I see it, I'm like, oh, oh I got to say something. And what I found so amazing is I don't have to. I can simply keep scrolling. Now, that may be news to some of you guys, and I, and I hate to ruin your keyboard style, but just because you don't like it or don't agree with it doesn't mean you have to comment on it. Did y'all know that? I and I hope I didn't like, you know, teach you something that you didn't know. I know some of us say, hey, I've got to comment on it. Oh, I can't let this go. Now, like I said, it doesn't mean that if someone's out there doing bad talking bad about someone, talking, you know, just down, really down on someone who's already oppressed and you need to build that person up. If you're doing it to build somebody up, that's a good thing. If you're doing it to continue to bully somebody, don't do it. Don't do it. Let it go. Just keep on scrolling. You don't have to always be right. Trust me, men, you're never going to be right. And your wives will remind you of that. Okay? Men, you're never going to be right. So there's no reason to post it on Facebook because everyone knows we're wrong anyways. Okay? You don't have to be the rightest one in the conversation. It's okay to be right in your own mind and just keep on moving on. Everyone on social media doesn't need to know it. Just continue to move on. Everyone who's in that reply all email don't need to know that you're right. Just to be right. Show the love of Jesus through it all. One way we can love our neighbors online is for advocating for those who are less fortunate. Advocate for those that, who can't really be a voice for themselves. You think about sharing, 
Sharing when you see someone out there doing something good in the community. When you see someone, you know, like, there's a lot right now, pray for Afghanistan. And like I said on Wednesday night, yes, we need to pray for Afghanistan. We need to pray for our troops. There is so much. We still need to be praying for Haiti. There is so much overseas that we can look at that we can be praying for, which is a good thing to do. There's absolutely nothing wrong with looking out there and saying, hey, I need to be an advocate for someone who's raising up orphans and widows. That's what the Bible calls us to do. And we can be advocates for that. But at the same time, we don't want to continue to look so far away that we forget our own local community. Because there are people right here in our own community who are hurting and who need help. And, and us as a church, you know, in, in order we need to understand, in order to make a difference in our community, we need to actually be doing stuff in our community besides just hitting like and share. You know, it's very easy just hit like and share. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is so good. I'm helping my community because I shared this post. If you're not physically out there face-to-face -face doing nothing in your community, you're really not helping your community none. Just so you know. Can't be any more honest than that. But I will also tell you as the pastor of this church, I am going to ensure that I provide you with opportunities to serve in this community. Whether it's serving in this community face-to-face -face, or whether it's serving in this community through the use of screens, each one of us will be given opportunities to serve. And that's what we're called to do, serving in this community. And now if these opportunities are given and you don't serve, it's on you. It's not going to be on me. It's going to be on you because I'm going to provide you with opportunities to serve. There are things coming up, youth nights coming, Halloween's coming, trunk or treat, handing out candy to kids, having a youth night, needing volunteers to help keep Midland High School kids in line. Well, basically just keeping them on the property. We'll keep them in line. Opportunities in the closed closet, opportunities in, in brown box ministry. There's a lot of different opportunities. We've taken opportunities when we collected for Lantana Elementary School and we brought them them school supplies. They were blown away when I brought them into the office. So there's opportunities for us to serve. And a lot of you guys say, well, I can't be out in the heat. I can't do that. I've already said, hey, when that clothes closet opens up, you can talk about Jesus all day long sitting, sitting down in the air condition. If you don't do it, you'll be making excuses. And excuses are like opinions. We all have them, but none of them are really good. You know, so, so you're going to get opportunities to, to be able to move. And, and just finally, a tip for you today. If you have any doubt on what you're about to post, what you're about to say, what you're about to email, nice and simple, just don't do it. If you have any doubt at all, just don't do it. Don't do it. Let it go. And, and let it just wait. Create them boundaries in your life between you and your social media or between your screens that you can be Jesus with skin on. And if we really want to truly love our neighbor, we need to consider that our neighbor is still our neighbor even when they're on the other side of the keyboard or the other side of the screen. They're still our neighbor and we still need to love them. And our calling as Christians does not stop as soon as we log on to Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, or our email, or dial a phone, or anything like that, 
you're still a Christian. You're still a Christian through that whole conversation and our use of technologies and screens should be guided by God's love for us through Jesus Christ. That's how we should be all the time. You know, and there's no doubt that social media can be a place to hurt others, but it can also be a place to love others. And we need to show the love of Christ to everyone we come in contact with. So just think about it. If our passage is true, and God is made manifest in the world through our love for one another, it should also be true when it comes to the words that flow from our keyboards. All, everything we do, conversations that have the potential that could be challenging, that could be hurtful or anything like that, always need to be done face-to-face, -face, done with love, done with empathy, done with an understanding if it's going to be a hard conversation, do it face-to-face. -face. Don't do it over the phone. Don't send an email. Don't post it on social media because, man, we could start a counseling session just on social media. Just sit there and look at what people post. <laughs> just become Facebook counseling service. Hey, it is a side gig. <laughs> so, but as followers of Jesus, we need to abide in him and, and we're rooted in his love. It should reflect on everything that we do. It should be a reflection of everything that we do. And I just want to leave you. I found this quote that I thought was actually, it's very fitting. And it says this, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Your words matter. Some of the best words you could ever say is, Jesus, I need you. Lord, I need you. Probably the best words anyone could ever say. And, and, and if you don't know Jesus, the best words you could say today is, Pastor, I need to accept Jesus into my life. And you'll get a moment to do that here in a, in a minute. If, you're, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ and you're waiting to get it right, you're never going to be right. Jesus accepts each one of us right where we're at. And he will start to transform us from the inside out. So if you've never accepted Jesus and, and you want to come up, we can talk about it. We can pray the prayer of salvation and you can join his messed up, jacked up family. Because we're all messed up and we're all jacked up, but every one of us is loved and hopefully we love others the same way that he loves us. And maybe you're sitting here and going, you know, I never really thought about the words that come out of my keyboard. I've never really thought about what it looks like to the person on the other end of whether it's the feed, the email, or or the phone message and I haven't guarded my words and maybe you just need to come up and take time to pray at the altar and, and ask God to forgive you for what you've already done and maybe to give you the strength to move forward and do what is right God is love and as Christ followers if we say we know God then we should show love so if you're showing hate and, myth and discontent on your face,
Facebook or Twitter or emails, whatever it may be, do you really know God? Are you really a Christ follower? Like I said earlier, if you go back and you look at old emails or your Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, and you're not inspired by what you've wrote, you really need to think about your relationship with him. Because if it doesn't inspire you to be God, God-like and be more like Christ when you look at your own emails and your own words, what do other people see? Are they going to be inspired to be Christ followers because of what they see in you or what they hear come out of your mouth? Like I said last week, maybe a lot of these non-Christians want nothing that we got a part of because we don't love one another enough. And it shows through our Facebook, through our Twitter, through our emails, through the words that come out of our mouths. Let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, except what is meant to build up others according to their needs, that you may give them grace. That same grace that we receive from Jesus Christ, we should give to everybody. Everybody whether they're on the other side of a screen or in our face. Some of us think we can put it on a screen because they can't reach out and touch us. You'll put stuff on a screen that you'll never say to someone face to face because you're afraid you might get hit. (laughs) Well, just think Jesus can hit you from a distance. So maybe you just need to come up and give it back to him. Heavenly Father, I raise this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, that we would show your love to everyone we come in contact with, especially when they're on the other side of that keyboard. Lord, that we would seek to glorify you in everything that we do. That people would see your love in us and want what we have. That we truly love because you loved us first. And that people would see our love through everything that we do. And Lord, I know there's times that we're going to fail. And thank you for your forgiveness in that. Lord, I just ask for those who need that forgiveness, that they'll make that move and come up here and ask for it, Lord. Lord, now they will begin to seek you and ask them hard questions before answering an email before posting on social media, will this hinder or enhance and glorify the kingdom of God and that we will do nothing unless it glorifies the kingdom and make this very in Jesus' name, amen.